0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast at DigitallyDownloaded.net. My name is Alan, I'm going to be your host for this week. With me, we have Matt, the editor-in-chief. Hello, Matt.
1: Hello, and Happy New Year. Oh yeah, it's New Year's. Yeah,
0: happy New years. year's, everyone. I probably should have mentioned that in the introduction. That you probably have should have. That been something that would have made sense. All <laughs> right, well, let's go back then. Happy New Year, everyone. And we have Matt this week. Hello, Matt. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you, how? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we
0: also have Trent. Hello, Trent.
2: Hello, um, Happy New Year! <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> <Harvard>, save me. it <laughs> save
3: me. Too. <laughs> Hello, good morning, everyone. That's all of us this week, so we can jump right into the podcast, right? And save Alan from this whatever he's got himself into.
0: Look, I don't even know half the time. Um, we do have a little bit of things to talk about this week. I think it's. One of those months coming up in January where there's not usually a lot that's going on, so we're going to be a bit more freeform, I believe, which will be exciting. We'll see how we go. Anyway, we've got some uh, Miku to start us off.
1: Alan's lost it. Alan's on the the New Year's cheer.
0: I've lost it for years at this point. (laughs) I haven't had it for 24 years. Um, We are going to start with some Miku, so we'll be going right into that, and then moving into the games coming out in January. Matt, what's the song?
1: uh let's go with romeo and cinderella that's a good classic one
0: Welcome back. So, we do have games coming out next month. It's hard to believe, but there are actually games coming out next month. So, we have a list of them. Matt, would you like to begin the annunciation of said list?
1: We do. There are indeed games coming out in <laughs> January, which is always good. It means you have stuff to play if you've somehow managed to finish everything that's currently on your backlog. But, um... Yeah, there's, there's a few games. There's not as much, of obviously, because it is the start of a new year and January is the quieter part of the year, but there are some interesting bits and pieces. We'll start with the PlayStation 4. The first game on PlayStation 4 that comes out in January is Iris.4. Um, I have no idea what that is. I don't think it's going to be anything particularly <laughs> interesting, but it comes out on January 8th. There you go. That's the first game on PS4 that you'll be able to play in this year. Um but, fast forward to January 14, I know there will be some people that play this. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World the Game Complete Edition comes out on, yeah, January 14. Then on January 20, you've got Hitman 3, which is cool. Oh, that's Hit- coming out! It's pretty cool. People like Hitman.
0: That's much earlier than I thought it would be.
1: There you go, you can play it in January. There's a
0: live game as well, I believe.
1: Then we've got a game called Cyber Shadow coming out on January 26. I have no idea what that is, but it has the word cyber in it, which means it's going to be better than Cyberpunk just by default. Because
0: um, it probably works on release. <laughs> <laughs> then
1: we've got actually here's a big one for everyone but Alan. But um, Atelier Rosa 2 comes out on January 26, and I've been really looking forward to that. I do love the Atelier series a great deal. Um, really enjoyed the first Atelier, so Attelia Rosa, so. Really looking forward to Atelier Ryza 2, especially since that's, that is also coming out on PlayStation 5, and it actually looks very pretty, the graphics and work that they've done on that as the first Koei Tecmo PlayStation 5 game. So there's that. Um, on January 28, you've got Sword of the Necromancer, which has a pretty little box out here, so that might be good. Um, also on January 28, you've got Citizens Unite, Earth Times Space which is... Oh, that's just a double pack of the Citizens of Earth and Citizens of Space games, which were pretty fun little comedic JRPGs that were released on PlayStation Vita, I think, ages and ages ago. So there you go. Um, On January 28th also, there's a game called Olija coming out, which is a one-man band kind of show. It's been published by Devolver Digital. It is very pretty and definitely worth looking into on that one and then finally on january 29 re colon zero slash starting life in another world the prophecy of the throne comes out which is one of those anime named games but
0: yeah i was gonna say that's like (laughs) one that i would make a joke about existing like as like just with colons and semicolons as well
1: yeah. Year Zero it, is a well-known anime though, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it is a Spike Soft published thing. So I think it's like a visual novel cross cross RPG. Um so I'm That's all pretty sure should. I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy that. I like what Spike Soft has done over the last couple of years. this is their first one of the year. So that comes out on January 29. That's it for PlayStation 4. Moving on to PlayStation 5, if there's anything that I haven't already mentioned. Just less of it because it is a PlayStation Five, and nothing gets released on it at the moment. Um, All three you've got, games. <laughs> you have got Hitman coming out on PS Five. You've got Atelier Riser Two, which I mentioned, coming out on PlayStation Five, and there's some game called Ride Four coming out on PlayStation Five. So if you oh, like your bike pricing, driving
0: game,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah if you yeah. like your your bike from rooms, there you go. Also yeah. Your bike room rooms. Oh, there's actually two bike room room games coming out because MXGP 2020 also comes out on PlayStation 5 in January.
0: Are those games any good? No, okay, uh, <laughs> just, that's <answering> my question.
1: <laughs> they're either I don't know from I, I can't get my head around bike racing games, either they're too, um, too arcadey and just not that interesting over the long term or they try to be simulations and when i try and bike race in a simulation game my guy just keeps falling off his bike which is pretty boring so yeah i haven't had a good experience with bike racing games in the past i'll stick to f1 i I played
0: tourist trophy a lot as a child because tourist trophy was made by the grand trismo team and they can do no wrong in my brain i want to make new one of those that'd be fun
1: well unfortunately (laughs) there's no tourist tourist trove or whatever you just said it was on post, uh, come,
0: coming out, in it better January. come out. PS2 it's not classic, happening. baby. Next, coming to PS5. Sorry to burst
1: your bubble there, Alan. It's just not happening.
2: Thank you.
1: No, <laughs> all right. Let's move over to the switch because the switch has the bulk of the stuff coming out, as happens to be the case every single month, <laughs> and in January, there is a lot coming. Um. So I did mention rs Four. That's coming out on PS4. That's also coming out on Switch on January seven. Also on January seven, there is a game called Sense, a Cyberpunk Ghost Story, which is horror.
0: Hack the Ghost Frame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's inspired by Clock Tower and Fatal Frame, and Ooh, mixing horror. mixing Cyberpunk with traditional Cantonese folklore. So. I have been playing it, I can say that, I think, because I did get a review code for it. I can't actually say anything about it until January 7 because, you know, embargoes and stuff, but, um, yeah.
0: Is it a game, Matt?
1: It is a game, and I don't think they'll be too mad at me saying it's not as buggy as the Cyberpunk 2077.
0: <laughs> so you mean it? it launches and doesn't make you have a seizure?
1: It works, that's the thing.
0: That's incredible. Like, that's actually... <laughs> In a world where a cyberpunk game doesn't make you physically ill.
1: <laughs> That's exactly like, it. I, um, yeah. Moving on. On January 7, also on Switch, a game called Stardash comes out. And I don't know too much about this other than it's a kind of Game Boy-styled thing. So it's, you know, the kind of grey scale, oh,
0: like the, black and white the
1: platformers. like,
0: four-bit. It looks yeah. like it's four-bit.
1: I like those. I I actually really like the Game Boy Aesthetic, so anything that actually uses that is um, thumbs up for me. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, even though I'm not a big fan of platformers as a rule. Also on January 7, there is a RPG adventure game coming out called Werewolf the Apocalypse Heart of the Forest that is setting the Werewolf the Apocalypse... um, pen and paper RPG world, which is an offshoot to the Vampire the Masquerade, so if you're into your dark RPGs, then that'll be one worth looking into, I think. There's actually not that many games, there's an awful lot of games that are made that are based on Vampire the Masquerade, but not that many that are done on Werewolf, so hopefully that one turns out to be pretty good. Moving on, we've also got Scott Pilgrims coming out on the Switch as well, well that'll be the platform to play that, I think, that'll be pretty cool on the go um
0: yeah it's it's a brawler it's gonna be perfect for switch yeah the the controller for switch would be better for that than anything else as well because of the whole like you just take it off and have instant co-op because yeah not very fun when they're single player
1: (laughs) i was gonna say i'd hope you'd be able to play you know on just the one Joy-Con each because then you'd be able to play multiplayer anyway which is pretty neat that'd be the way to go with scott pilgrim um don't need to spend $150 on a PlayStation 5 controller to play it with a friend. Um, moving on. Controllers are too expensive, everybody. That was the point I was making there. Uh, there's really, also... right? you, you don't yeah.
0: like spending 70 quid on a pair of Joy-Cons that break within a month? Yeah. You don't like that? I love yeah. that, personally. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah, but the problem I mean, is, if the you... Joy-Cons are $120 each um, if you want new Joy-Cons, so they are w- pretty expensive.
1: <laughs> I spent more money yeah. on Joy-Cons and games this last year. Uh, moving on. It sounds
2: about
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a game called Rhythm Fighter coming out on January 14 on Switch. I don't know anything about it, but the idea of putting rhythm into anything is cool with me, so, you know, I'll give that a whirl. I like rhythm games. Maybe it's a rhythm fighting game. That's why it's called, Rhythm Fighter. That'd be pretty cool.
0: (laughs) No, it's actually a puzzle game. It's it's actually like... It has no rhythm at all.
1: There's no music at all.
0: It's Super Puzzle Fighter 2, but with (laughs) music notes instead of gems.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, here's a game just for Alan. Fantasy Tavern Sextet, Volume 2 Adventurer's Days. (laughs) 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 Because I know you played the first one. uh, Oh, (laughs) yeah.
0: You know, I'm known for my love of fantasy column tat.
1: Fantasy what? tavern. Tavern, not column. Tavern.
0: <laughs> like fantasy tavern. Do you run a tavern?
1: No, I think it's like. I mean, I've actually downloaded the first one, I haven't played it. Um, but <laughs> I think it's like one of those magic things where you, you're just a normal dude and then you go to sleep or something and wake up in this fantasy world and. Oh, so it's with the all the, yeah, and all the anime girls are all very undressed and stuff. It's all very fanservice-y.
0: Uh, it, it sounds absolutely... Here's the description, here's
1: the description for you, <laughs> yeah, Alan. please
0: read it. I'd love to know more.
1: <laughs> You'll laugh and cry at this slightly naughty love harem uh, romantic I and hate it adventure <laughs> I
0: hate anything that uses the word naughty.
1: It's bad. You use she- that word,
0: you know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: The second chapter of The Harem Love Comedy in a Fantasy World is available now. One day, several days after your protagonist, the young cook, is back in Akihabara, got transported to another world. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you'd love this game, Alan. It's all about that.
2: Oh, sorry, he's a chef.
1: He's a chef. He works at the tavern with all the undressed anime girls.
0: What the... No. No, this is stupid. Well, as 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 soon as you said naughty, I was... I was instantly off-put and then you went into detail about it more and it just sounds like (sighs) look to each their own however
1: (laughs) it's gonna be your favorite game of the year alan (laughs) it's gonna be your favorite game of the year
0: Uh, probably not (laughs) 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 keep keep reading the games before i lose my mind
1: (laughs) keep reading the okay (laughs) fine um there's a game (laughs) There's an a game called Adverse coming out on January 22 on Switch. Uh, it's an arcade first person shooter set in an idyllic world of corruption. I don't know how a world of corruption could be idyllic, but there you go. Have you um,
0: heard about late stage capitalism, Matt?
1: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. As far as shoot, first person shooters go, I actually like them retro style. Um, so maybe I like Adverse. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. Um, what else we got? there's something called The Unexpected Quest coming out on January 23.
2: Was it Unexpected?
1: I don't know. You collect, It's an adventure game with strategy and management elements in a medieval fantasy setting. So that's saying a lot of things that I like, but it could just be a word salad. Um, moving on. We've got Atelier Razor 2 coming out on Switch as well. If you've got a PlayStation 5, you probably want to play it on that because it's all pretty and stuff. But if you've got a Switch, there you go. You can play it on the go. Then we've got... A game... Oh, this is one that I've actually been looking forward to. I've seen the screenshots and whatever, and it seems to be my kind of thing. It's called Heaven's Vault. It comes out on January 28th. And... Yeah, you play as an archaeologist exploring a strange region of space called the Nebula with your robot sidekick, hoping to uncover the secrets of a long-forgotten past. But if you look at the screenshots and stuff, it actually looks pretty interesting. So... Keep an eye out for Heaven's Vault. I'll probably be playing it. Uh, what else do we got? There's an awful lot of games coming out on Switch, you see. Re-Zero comes out on Switch yeah, as I'm, well. I was going to say, like, this is
0: a big list for January of all Yeah, months.
1: There is one other one that um, could be interesting, I think. Probably not for Alan again, but March and Fall.
4: No,
0: don't, far- no don't, even, don't even say that. It might be my favourite game.
1: Yeah, of course. March and Forest, Malm and the Forest Gift. Uh, that's a kind of RPG thing where you need to go around collecting ingredients to create potions. So, think. Okay,
0: no, might not be my thing.
1: Well, there's fishing, <laughs> trivia, training, and, agent du- and even dungeon exploration, and fun mini games. I didn't say I, I. I didn't just assume fun. It's actually there in the description, so it must be fun. Um...
0: It is not reassuring when a game says that it's fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, honest guys, we aren't painful to play. We're actually fun.
1: <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, March and Forest actually looks pretty decent if you have a look at the... Um, if you go and look at the screenshots and stuff, it actually looks pretty pretty interesting. And it has a very good review, uh, a very good um, reputation on Steam, I think, because while there aren't too many... Reviews of it. There's only 314. I've just pulled it up here. They're all overwhelmingly positive. So there you go. It's pretty. It's quite a pretty game. All right. So that's it. That's all the stuff coming out in January. Um, I know Alan's favorite. Well, the one that Alan's looking forward to most is that Fantasy Cavern. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Fantasy Column
2: Starland 69 (laughs) Palaces. (laughs) It's a game where you only make yogurt.
1: So that's Alan's. Don't um, read that. <laughs> the whole I'm, thing. I'm just skipping past me. <laughs> <laughs> sk- I don't need to ask you. I know which one you're looking forward to. Harvard, what are you looking forward to the most?
3: Oh, wow. It's such a year. It's such a, such a
1: month of content. Um, oh, hang on. Sorry. Just before you say that, I did just notice it's just popped up on my little list on, on um, Metacritic here. On January 16 on PC, we don't often cover At uh, January 18 on PC, we don't often cover PC here, but this one is definitely going to be uh, a must-play, I think. Hentai Animation Puzzle comes out oh on PC. God. So, there you go. Uh, that, please,
0: you like it this? says what it is, you know? Like, it says what it is on the tin, and I respect that. It's not <laughs> trying to, like, hide it behind, like, Obscuro Magica Lupin.
3: That being said, Fantasy Tavern Sextet also has it on the name itself.
0: Yeah, but, like, it's too long. Just call it, like, the titty games call it titty game <laughs> titty magic game just that's what it needs to be called and then and then every the other titty games can just be called titty game one titty game two titty game three like you can
3: label it like that and then i can just we like, like we beat up to like, like number five. 2085 right now
1: yeah, how much you do know, you bet how much do you bet that they actually created six characters just so they could call the game sextet well
0: it's look I don't wanna bet anything because I know it to be true. <laughs> like, it's
2: not worth betting. It's like, oh,
0: how much do you want to bet that
2: there's air in the atmosphere? <laughs> I feel like the puns came first and then all the game design came
3: afterwards. I don't think oh, that's a visual it novel. <laughs> I don't think there's much design in there. It's just like a bunch of contrivances Whoa. to make service.
1: Harvard. How dare you say that? <laughs> As Harvard, somebody that really
0: long and hard about the size of the lady's breasts.
1: As, as somebody who has, who has created many visual novels myself, there's a good plug there, uh, I can tell you there's a lot of game design that goes into visual novels. Excuse me. I find, I find your comment uh, uh, <laughs> criticizing visual novels for not being enough game design to be very unfair.
0: Can you criticize Sextet game, though? <laughs> can you call it a ding-dong game?
1: No, nah, it's going to be a masterpiece.
0: Okay. Harvard, what's your game?
1: I'm going to give it Uh, 10 out of 10, Helen. You know I'm going to. I'm going to find some way to to do it.
0: Yeah, and then you'll tag me in it on Twitter, and then I'll have to delete Twitter. (laughs) Harvard, what's your game?
3: (laughs) Game of January. Uh, I'm going to go with the Citizens Unite game, because I did give Citizens of Earth a try before, and it's... It's very complicated. You have, like, 50 different characters, each with their own skills, and you need to make your own team that you prefer. But it was pretty grindy, so if there's not much to be playing in January, it might be fun to do that. It's like an offshoot, not an offshoot, it's inspired by Earthbound, in that it's funny, and that you can walk into enemies in the overworld, and if you're too strong, they just go away. So that's, like, the one mechanic I like in JRPGs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed the original Citizens. I didn't play Citizens of Space, but I did play Citizens of Earth, and I thought it was quite good. Uh, I, yeah, I did quite genuinely enjoy it. So, um
3: Oh, the satire is not going to land at all, though, I just realised, because I'm pretty sure it's a pre-Trump game.
1: It is a pre-Trump game, and it's all about lightly making fun of our corrupt politicians, which is, um yeah, it'll be interesting to play it again now and um i uh, no
0: i need to stop the podcast for a moment i'm upset no okay so <laughs> i'm going to link no no i'm not allowing this this travesty to happen i'm i'm derailing this shit okay i'm going to link when i when this podcast is uploaded there's going to be a tweet that's going to be attached to this that uh my good friend mr matthew Sainsbury has posted on twitter tagging me with what i assume is the sex Ted art
1: it is. I found, <laughs> I found some great art from the Sex Tet game, which I've look, just tagged Alan into it in a tweet. <laughs>
0: at least it's not like actually porn. It's close.
1: It's closer
0: it's, than you. It's think close. The think. <laughs> she have a it's, tail? It's closer than you think, but further than you'd hope for the Sex Tet game. <laughs> <laughs> just like anyway, look. I, I'm,
1: I'm going to go well, silent now. <laughs> now. Now that I know you're interested in the game, Alan, I'll, just, I'll, I'll send you lots of screenshots over the next couple of weeks, okay? <laughs> Great. It's
0: always what I want. <laughs> uh,
1: but yes, back to Citizens of Earth. It's a um, it's good game, I think. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to replay it under the whole um, post-Trump era to see whether that has changed the context and texture of the humour or not. I think it might have. Maybe. Uh, moving on, Trent. What game are you looking forward to this month? Every time you, for every person that says uh, the Sex Tet game, I'm going to send Alan another screenshot. So,
2: I'm oh prefer- well, in that case, the Sex Tet game. That's you know obviously one. <laughs> I cannot I'm explain
0: for. how much I dislike every single person in this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, but in, all, in all seriousness, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed that there's no, I don't know, mainstream small games again this January. Like, the games which I was playing back last January, like, I played A Short Hike and, you know, the Frog Detective games and all those sort of things. Like, they were my jam in January, but there doesn't seem to be anything around this time this year in that sort of mainstream field for small games. Yeah, you want, Oli-
1: you want Oligar, Trent. Um this is yeah this is not a this is not humor this is not being being stupid you you definitely want Oliger. okay I'll well, get like that i one. said that is that <laughs> is a Devolver devolver digital published one man band indie game and it is quite gorgeous if you go and look it up the screenshots and whatever it's it's really beautiful this guy i actually interviewed him um last year and he's based in Japan, so it's uh it he kind of used his experience of being um I guess a, a foreigner living in Japan as the the backdrop for the kind of the, the adventure that he he's created with this one, and it's uh it's really it, it's kind of this swashbuckling kind of two um, D platformer adventure game thing that I think I think it'll do pretty well. Um, Devolver is pretty good at finding these kinds of super creative little, little artsy games, and I think yeah. this one is is Devolver- going to turn heads.
0: Developer in general has a pretty good track record of finding some pretty interesting and unique concepts that would probably not be picked up otherwise. So it's always nice to see them like with something completely brand new that has no ties to anything else. So yeah, it'll probably be good.
1: Yeah, I definitely it. check that one out. So there you go, Trent. That can be your January project there. All right. I told fine, you Matt. which game you. I told you which game you're looking forward to. So,
0: <laughs> Matt, what's your <laughs> game? What? That's your game that you're looking forward
1: to. Oh, come on. You're really asking me what my game choice is?
0: It's the Atelier one.
1: Oh, yeah, hang on. That game's coming okay. up, <laughs> You got too distracted by the 6th set. <laughs> I got yeah. too distracted by the 6th set. No, I actually uh,
0: no. Wanted, a, I wanted a genuine response, not just, let's shit post, Alan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely Atelier. I mean, I, like I said, I... I'm pretty sure I've given every Atelier game five out of five stars ever since I've started reviewing them because I just love the series that much. They're kind of the wholesome, feel-good, light-hearted JRPG adventure things. Um And this would be... What, six... Three, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen... Maybe this is my 14th Atelier game. Um Gosh, they churn them out. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the original Atelier Riser. So, I'm just hoping this one backs up on that. This is the first time they've done a direct sequel to any Atelier character's journey. Like, every time they have a different lead character, this is the first time they've done a direct sequel. So, it'll be interesting to see what that does to the the game. Um, But I'm interested to see. I'll be playing it on PlayStation 5, because that's the other thing. It's an actual JRPG on PlayStation 5. That's I mean. Unless you count, i t- technically Demon Souls counts as a JRPG I would on not PlayStation count Five, but it has an action RPG. yeah, but this will be the first kind of proper JRPG on the console, um, and I'm looking forward to that for that reason as well.
0: There you go. And with that, we're actually going to be playing some music from Atelier. Right? No, you haven't
1: told us what one you're looking forward to, Alan.
0: No, I don't have one that look forward to. I I don't need to.
1: You don't have one. one. Not even Hitman.
0: Not even Man Hit. <laughs> No, so, I might play... Hitman could be
2: okay. I might play Slapman. <laughs> Slapman. <laughs> Slapman? Oh, you're yeah. playing the Traven game. Oh, good. <laughs> we can no, move
0: on. Slap people with fish, because that's what you can do in that game. That game was pretty good. I might play it. I don't know. I didn't play enough of Hitman 2 or 1, in all honesty, to really go in on it. Because now that you have games that are like, you know, 70 quid or 120 Australian... Like it's quite a, di- it's a bit of a dive to actually.
1: Buy new. Speaking of, I don't think we ever mentioned this on the podcast last year, but uh, you all saw the news that they're creating a James Bond game, right? They're the ones that got the license. Yeah, and
0: I mean that's that's good.
1: That's good because I could just see Hitman working as an almost direct. You know, it, like, crossover. they just replace Agent yeah.
2: 007 with James Bond. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so and that'll be the best Bond game in a
1: long
2: time. Everyone should play the Hitman free game and get into the vibe for it, and then start the hype train for James Bond yeah
1: yeah I mean who knows when it's actually going to come out because they only teased it and that could be like three years it'll be
2: like
0: yeah yeah, it's not going to come out for a while yeah that'll be fine alright I'll say Hitman 3 whatever anyway yeah Atelier Riser. music let's go Welcome back from that, so we are now officially a month and a bit into the new console generation and as with everything we are now going to sort of discuss what sort of games defined the last generation, what we sort of might expect to see a little bit from this current one as well. It's been, what, like, what, six years? Six year long generation? Because the consoles came out late 2013? Yeah?
1: That sounds about right, yes, it's a long time. it is a long time.
0: Yeah, well it's it was so shocking to me to think that the PS4 is literally like, you know, six, seven years old at this point. It it's wild. Um I mean there's been like a bunch of really annoying trends.
1: <laughs> I mean if you want to go even further back, the Wii U was released on two
0: thousand twelve. No, the Wii U doesn't exist. I'm not talking about.
1: The Wii U doesn't so they... exist. Yet. Nintendo doesn't
3: it's like the sun that they keep in the closet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Harry Potter. Except with less turfs. <laughs> um so... <laughs> um yeah, no, it's it's wild to me because, you know, we've seen the rise and fall of, like, some pretty, like, big genres. Like, we were told for a while that single-player games were dead. That was pretty fun. Remember that time, oh, where I, they I said think you couldn't release single-player games anymore?
1: I'm pretty sure that was just yeah, EA said that. Yeah, That was just an EA thing because they wanted everyone to buy Anthem, which was no never going to happen.
0: No one wanted to buy it. Not even Anthem wanted to buy Anthem. Anthem looked
3: at itself in the mirror and cried. <laughs> I've that met people who have enjoyed Anthem, but as a with like the a grindy yeah. loot shooter, which you know, Destiny was the a thing. The thing about
0: just... that, and the idea of this whole li- let's let's go with live services. Let's yell about live services for a moment. Worst thing to come. Did we actually?
1: Did you actually introduce what this segment's about, Alan? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I? Sorry, I missed that.
0: <laughs> just did well, I? we're
1: just being trendy.
3: <laughs> it, yeah, it's not a name.
1: Post talking
0: about like. <laughs> We're talking about games that define the generation, and that means good and bad, because, you know, things that define things are not often always good. So while you do have things like, you know, Persona 5 bringing JRPGs really back into, you know, the main sort of stream gaming setup, um, you also have things like Anthem, which basically are there to extort money out of people. And it's not very nice. So Anthem... You know, it came out a while ago. And I don't know if anyone's played it. I have not played it. I re- I played it at a mate's place for about five minutes near release. It was maybe like a month and a half after release. And it was fun to fly around. And then I got bored. And then the game was like, hey, you're going to shoot these people. Someone shot those people. And then the game said, hey, you're going to shoot these people now. And they have a different color on their head. So you better, better watch out. <laughs> and then that was the game. And I was like... Like, what's the what's the point behind this? Why is this any like better than playing Diablo 2 40 years ago on my you know graphics calculator in under a rock? You know, like it doesn't make any sense. And
1: I think it's, it's, it's worse than tra- that. Like, because Diablo two had a point. Um,
2: Diablo two did have a point. Anthem doesn't. Anthem was fun to fly I think, around.
1: I think this is. I think this is kind of for me the main overarching trend of this generation is the idea of content games games that kind of exist purely to push content onto players and then the players pay for that content and they get wrapped up in these kind of worlds that the game itself becomes their entire hobby because that's good for the publisher because if they can make the game the entire hobby then they've locked you in right and um you just keep playing this one game keep putting money into it, and that benefits the publisher. But uh, it's not good on any level for anything to do with the video game industry. Um, it, just
0: to, like, have fun. It, like, it's not fun.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, firstly, it, it kind of taps... It, it kind of brings the, the alignment between video games and gambling, actual gambling very close. And I don't just mean loot boxes and stuff like that, but I actually mean the... The impulses that these games tap into are pretty much the same impulses that you get when you play on the poker machines or you play blackjack or whatever at a casino. the casino. It's that same really small, infinitely replayable loop that is just kind. Of, it has a it has a thrill and a payoff at the end, and because of that, you you want to keep doing it, and it it kind of taps into that addictive. Um, that addictive personality trait that a lot of people end up having mm-hmm. and i think that video games as this generation has been really defined by that and it wasn't just anthem anthem's a really bad example of it because it was a failure marvel's but,
0: avengers came out this year well May that's I another
1: <laughs> that's another really bad example of it because it failed but there have been a lot of very successful games that have tapped into that too um Destiny. fortnite is uh, probably the best example of it
3: can and I make my own uh shameful confession I re-downloaded League of Legends because over the New Year's oh, period, I was like, I have some time. And then I played for about a week or two, and then one day I was making breakfast, and then I burnt it because I queued a game as an idiot. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? And then I got rid of it again.
1: Well, League of Legends is another good example of it. These kinds of games are, are really good examples of this content-driven um, it's this industry. Thing.
3: Yeah, you can play it forever. You, you want your money's worth. And then you Which think, well, oh, I better play every day. And yeah. after that, it just becomes a routine. I have to plan around playing a 40-minute game of League every single day for the rest of the year. It's it's fun if you enjoy it. Like, I'm not judging you guys, but it's a
1: lot. It, it is. Like and pitch it's pitch. it's funny, actually, just as we talk on this podcast, yeah. there's a, one of the trends on Twitter at the moment. Um, I'm still on Twitter because I'm looking for images to send to Alan. <laughs> 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 um you can stop. um but actually, one of the trends on Twitter at the moment is talking about Farmville, which shut down is shutting down. I Wait, think what? today Yeah, the Farmville Farmville original is it. actually shut it's, it's really shutting old. down today and um, yeah. it, it's funny because Farmville kind of kicked off really a lot of this game design that we see in popular games now, and there was a time we all thought that Farmville was this horribly exploitative um, kind of experience that didn't really add anything to people's lives and was this kind of valueless um time waster and yet compared to a lot of the stuff that we've seen come later on down the track through this generation farmville seems pretty benign to me uh, it's farmville, almost...
0: so far it seems like the one that least wants you to like have your entire world consumed it seems like well, a thing you look into for five minutes
1: farmville was that kind of endless content game that we're talking about but it was also like you said it was something that was designed to be played at five minutes at a time just between breaks where you well you have your coffee in the morning you just log on to facebook you know, farm some strawberries and send a, a a request to your friend to give you some other kind of fruit. But
0: Matt, why did you have to say it like that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was. That, but it was a five. It was a five-minute thing, right? You only logged in for five minutes to play these games, like Fortnights and whatever. Are kind of asking you to log in for hours at a time now. So that endless content experience has been really expanded out to. Like I said, become your kind of your entire hobby outside of working and sleeping and eating, and that one game that you spend a fortune on. so I don't think any of that has been good for the video game industry and, and can I say as well? I've been very frustrated with this industry over this last generation as a result of this,
3: yeah with the um the wanting that game to go infinite has been really damaging to the industry, I think because. Usually you get dev cycles where people might have to work really hard in crunch for a few months at a time, but now there's many companies that they are just doing infinite crunches because they're always releasing and they're always patching. And there's just no rest. It's just destroying itself.
0: The Epic Games um, dev cycle when um, Fortnite began to blow up and they had to start pumping out new content like every week, apparently that was hell and like just the worst thing to work in. Because yeah, there's no end. You you don't have an end. You have a job, of course, but that means that it's coming at the you know at the behest of your sanity and your actual physical health. So it's all and a bit of, like
1: it completely messes with the creative process as well. Because you think about it, the creative process is about having this idea, exploring the idea, finishing it, and then moving on to the next thing. You know that that process, that having that that sense of finish, that conclusion is really important to the creative process what happens when you remove it is you know stuff like fortnite where now what passes for creativity in that game is we put
0: kratos in the game <laughs> Oh, Krat- said the exact same one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say kratos doing that stupid hair yeah, the, 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 the flossing dance but you know that's that that doesn't come across as particularly creative to me and um Again, I, well, Wasn't I all like... the
2: dances stolen anyway, in some degree or yeah, capacity? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if
1: you can call them dances, I'd be—that's stretching the term dance to me. But Without anyway, the... that's a different topic. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> yeah, the... gyrate, gyrating to no rhythm because there's no music in the background doesn't really count as dancing, in my opinion. But anyway, that's a different topic for another day. Point is, I come to uh, you know my interest in video games is is the the art. And I don't get that from any of these games. So there you go. Doom, I will say, Doom, say on,
0: on a more positive note, I've actually been really enjoying the more focused, like extremely elegant design sort of games as well. Um, it, we're seeing a return to like older FPS, like we've seen with Dusk, with um, Amid Evil, um, with Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, which I know you don't like, but I think they're fantastic and very elegantly made. Um yeah, no, but you don't like, like
1: Fantasy 6, so yeah. your <laughs> fantasy, tastes are a bit what? weird. 6, you're a little bit, you're, your tastes are a bit weird there, Alan. You like Doom, but not this, this beautiful anime game that keeps sending screenshots to you. Yep. <laughs> yep.
2: There's, there's less blood, less gore. It's more wholesome for a whole family.
3: <laughs> oh, no, I don't know if I'd say wholesome about that one. No, there uh, are
2: holes in it, but
3: they're not <laughs> <laughs> Um...
0: Yeah, things that are like sort of really refining that. Like I know it's a bit of a meme at this point, but Among Us is actually quite good in terms of just, you know, taking Mafia and really honing it into its own thing. Controversial statement,
3: don't... Among Us is good. Yeah, I know. It's a good game.
0: I actually I'm this is also my second hot take of the day. I think that Unfortunate Spaceman is a better game, personally, because I like that sort of game much more. Unfortunate Spaceman for those of you who don't know is a game where you play it in first person. It's Mafia in first person with the thing from John Carpenter's The Thing.
3: And that's sound cool, but you need you need that immediate teachability, you know? Like I, I can give my friend my phone and say here's among us and they can learn how to play yeah, it in exactly. 30 seconds. Whereas first person, you've got to be like, here's how you crouch, here's how you jump, here's how your source jump, here's how you know it's it's a mess.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like the the I prefer that personally because I've obviously
3: freaking more mornings. of a gamer
0: yeah don't say that slow in my in my face please <laughs> um, but yeah I, I really like this sort of like really focused honed in experiences that we're getting now and it means that you know even like i don't think they would do it but i think my parents could probably play a single round of among us and not throw up
2: <laughs>
0: which like
2: you know that's pretty impressive so i like that little trend it's it a was. nice little
4: trend See, that's the brilliance
2: behind stuff like um, FarmVille is that um, FarmVille is really what kicked up all of this to begin with and all this exportation. And the brilliance was that, you know, as a greedy, if you were a greedy CEO, you'd love the whole design behind the game because suddenly, like... People on Facebook, like family, uh, old people, like, you know, that sort of thing, they're playing f- uh, Farmville, they understand the concepts in, like, five seconds, and they're hooked to it. Like, that's, like, if Among Us had, like, the same sort of, you know, buy this, and then suddenly you're, like, a sparkling, Oh, they like, could
0: have made it.
3: They could have made it the, a they real, kind them, like, of
0: scumbag game.
3: They haven't <laughs> They're, done they're it. a hat game. They're, they're entirely funded by hats.
0: Yeah. It is a little oh, bit of so a sustained game. game. It is also free on phones, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, but you can spend money to buy hats for your character. It's literally a hat game.
0: It's TF2. Everything's TF2. Yeah, Every it's game TF2, is everything's
3: TF2. That's a very alternative monetization model, which is similar to League of Legends as well. The whole game is free, but then you spend money on cosmetics, and then somehow everyone spends a ton of money on cosmetics.
0: Yeah, I, that's something that I will never get, personally, but that's okay. Um, you brought it I yourself, think, so
1: yeah. I think... Um... I think to bring it back to what you were saying there, Alan. I, I kind of, uh, I think that one of the things that has been really good about this generation is the fact that you can, developers can now explore different ideas uh, in a in a much better way. So for for a really good example, um, itch itch only released in 2013. Like it, it only launched as a platform service. So it's a new, it's, it's a it's a this generation thing. And itch has given all these developers who are one man bands, the opportunity to get their games out there also to release things in prototype form, get feedback and so on and so forth. And yeah, one of the great things about this generation, we've always had independent developers, of course, but this generation feels like the first time that they've really, they've been kind of liberated. Yeah. Yeah, they've, They've been kind of free to genuinely do whatever they want. Um, and there's more platforms that they can release on. I think consoles have become a little bit more hostile towards independence, but I don't think that matters anymore, um, where once you really needed that console release to have any hope of having a viable business, you look at stuff like um, like Among Us is a good example of that. It only came to consoles after it was already a huge success on um, PC and mobile. So yeah, you might.
0: It failed when it launched. Like It was it did, a it 2018 did. It took, game.
1: It took a long time. So these things are positive signs, I think, for the industry and anybody who wants to be creative that we like to criticise, you know, that AAA space for being content-driven now. But there are stuff that's – there's really interesting stuff that's been done by no, not, Matt, much smaller people.
0: You don't understand, Matt. The game there's an angry lady and she wants to kill the other lady. And I mean men- – ha- Ah, it is, it's pretty. It's pretty like deep stuff, dude.
1: <laughs> I mean, the the video game industry is that open that even I can publish games now, and like <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that wouldn't have that happened was... previously. God bless itch. Itch is the best thing that's happened this generation. I'm not even being sarcastic about that. I love itch.
0: Well, shall we shall we pause this discussion here then, and then we'll come back and talk about what we hope to see more of in the next. The next generation. Well, you are
1: the, you, you are the boss man, Alan, so if you play like to pause right now, you yeah, can pause, gonna, right now.
0: I'm pause right now. Uh, what's the song? What, what song are we going to do?
3: Fantasy Stage. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did it play, you know, maybe movie? it
2: has good music. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: it will have like
3: generic VN music number one, which is a fine song.
0: <laughs> I, I cannot explain to you how little I want to go to YouTube and Google Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> six six <Ten>. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's, there is nothing I would like to do less.
1: Right. Is, is there music is, from is, Anthem? Here's something completely out of left field. No. Alan. There's no what about it. what about one of those little kind of um those tavern songs from Dragon Age Inquisition?
0: Okay, yeah, I am the one.
1: Yeah, do one of those. That's completely out of left field, but that's actually pretty good music that is. It's a real compromise. It's a fantasy tavern which has yeah, have been
3: played by a sextet. <laughs>
0: be talking a little bit about what we hope to see a little bit more of in this coming generation i'm going to start off right away i want to see more small games i want to see games that aren't like 70 hours long i want to see a game that just yeah. is a contained experience and doesn't try to make me do a whole bunch of nonsense
1: and um, finishes right like it ends it has an end yeah, point that would be yeah,
0: nice that would be personally ideal um i for one those of the things who Oh, sorry, go for it. I was just
1: going to say, one of the things that really pisses me off, this isn't about the industry, but actually the people that play these video games, is the minute that they enjoy a game, they start saying, oh, where's the sequel? It's like, not every game needs a sequel, you know? Um, sometimes a game can finish, and that's okay. I don't I really know why like that's a, cro- yeah. a wildly controversial thing to say, but, yeah, well, Hades is a good example. I've already seen people Hades say... Hades does
0: not need a sequel.
1: Yeah, where's no. a, can, Do we get a Hades sequel? No, we don't need a Hades sequel. It doesn't need one. So Make let them Pire move on two. to another idea. Yeah,
0: Pyre Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I I just want I want like a smaller game that will finish itself within a reasonable amount of time and that will not consume my life because I I had such a strange love hate relationship with a game known as Nino Kuni Two recently on my stream. <laughs> Um, and that game decided to just not end, and it refused to end because of arbitrary design elements. And while the game I felt up to that point was fantastic, and I had a great time playing it, the final, you know, fifteen hours of it were just grinding because I had to grind. And it wasn't even fighting monsters; it was just waiting.
1: I don't know if you, first, if you played the first. If you played the first but it pulls exactly I the same trick, only it plays it in an even worse way. Like, the, the first Ni Kuni, there was a point where you fight a boss on a ship, and I hope on well, 2012 game or whatever it's... No, I, I, I did that.
0: Yeah, it was fine. But,
1: yeah, you I fight did. the boss on that ship, and you defeat the boss, and it feels like that should be the end, the end of the game, because it is a nice ending to the, the narrative loop. Everything feels like it could wrap up at that point and feel like a very quality kind of contained experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you go to the Welsh then, land of fairies.
1: <laughs> but then you've got to go for another like 20 hours after that to the proper end boss. And all of that stuff just feels like filler to pad the length of the game out. And I can't stand that stuff. I think that you know JRG's, in particular, Bravely Bravely
3: Default. Bravely Default. Yeah, yeah. I think that
0: was the, <laughs> yes. issue. the biggest issue. Ever I can't wait to see if they do that again in the new one that's coming out on Switch. Well,
1: they What's didn't that? with Bravery Default, too. That was, um, oh, sorry. Bravely second
0: Default,
1: layer second. second layer or whatever the, se- the hell they called the the proper. Second. Why they
0: name it like this? Okay, I want this is actually what I want to see is I want to see games that are actually named like video games and not like a <laughs> technical manual for how to build a submarine.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, point, okay, point thing, they did they did seem to learn the lesson from the first one with the second one, so I'm pretty sure Bravely Default Two, which is the third one, um, short games <laughs> will be will be it'll still be a long game because JRPGs kind of need to be by the thinking of the people that make them. But, you just yeah. said the
3: most square Enix sentence imaginable. Bravely Default 2, which is the third one. Yeah. I totally
1: agree with you, Alan, Mind and I reckon, that, uh, I reckon that, um, especially you know, JRPGs being my favourite genre and whatever, um, I would like to see them shorter. There's a great game, absolutely wonderful game, beautiful game that I played last year called uh, Haven, and it's an RPG, mm-hmm. but it's about a dozen hours long to finish. And it feels like that's enough. It didn't need to be longer than that. And it was actually really nice that it was able to... The developers felt confident enough to let it finish after 12 hours. And I would like right. to see more RPGs kind of pitch to that space rather than this 50, 60, 70-hour must be you a know, um, mega, you know, uh, epic. Uh, I don't five. think most games... Yeah, personify. I don't think most games deserve it, to be honest. I think that it takes an awful lot of skill to be able to write a narrative that is off the equivalent of War and Peace, and I don't think most writers are up to that in the video game space, and that's not, that's not necessarily a knock on them. That's just a simple reflection that not everyone can be Tolstoy, so they probably shouldn't try to be.
0: Have you oh, played play not but... some great stuff.
1: Have I played which, sorry? Hylix. I have not played Hylix.
0: Hylix is a claymation JRPG and it is a fever dream. And it only lasts, the first one only lasts like three hours, but it's long enough and good enough that like it doesn't feel rushed and it just gets to the point. Like every fight is hard and that's fine. And the game is like, well, that's the final boss. You're going to go fight the king of the moon. His name is Gibby and you're going to melt him. It's going to be great. And it's, it's wonderful. And then the second one, actually is too long in my opinion because it's like nine hours and it just overstays its welcome this is the issue is that like there is a sweet spot and i just want a game that is you know actually at the point where the content doesn't feel like i'm just repeating the same motions over and over again because while that's good sometimes i like grinding sometimes i think grinding in final fantasy 10 for example is really rewarding because you have so much agency in where you take your characters but I, i just don't have any interest in for example You know, doing 100% of Cyberpunk, like there is zero way that I will ever do that, and that's just a lot of stuff that you know they probably could have spent time on fixing the game instead of making stuff that I'm never going to see anyway. Like it's, (laughs) you know, I just think it's a it's a bit of a waste sometimes because realistically, the data that they get from people who've actually finished these games, I think only what 40% of people finished Final Fantasy VII remake, which you know. Did the game need to be that long? It's like 30 hours. Even then, that's still quite a long time. Even with and God of War. a third of the game. Yeah, then it's a third of the game. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just seems like a an issue is that there's this feature creep thing. Like, <laughs> oh, we need to make sure that this game lasts for exactly 78 hours. And then there's 39 hours worth of side content. It is all fully voice acted. And it's like, do you, do you really need that? Why don't we just make it like 15 hours at most? <laughs> And not waste my time. Even Hyrule Warriors, which I know this might annoy people who have played a lot of Dynasty Warriors games, but there is too much in that game. It needs to cut it out and stop wasting my time. And oh, I'm st- starting
2: to feel like it's a grind. Like I, I, it's like the first like one I've actually enjoyed in that Warriors series methodology. But it's, it's starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, is this game? gain to the end game soon. Like it just feels like a grind. Like only one new level pops up at a time now. And it just feels like Yeah, it just feels like a grind to get my characters leveled and up or it's like perfectly easy and then all of a sudden it's like, let's throw in some Thunder Gannons. And you're like, oh shit. And there's like 20 billion of them. And you're like, well, I don't have enough skill to like battle like 20 of them at a time. Like that's where I'm up to in the game and it's driving me insane.
3: Yeah, can I yeah. just roll back to Trent calling uh, the Warriors games a methodology? I think that is the perfect word for it. That's <laughs> that's so wonderful because we don't need to call them genres. We don't need to call them Souls likes. So we can just say design methodology, Dark Souls methodology, Warriors methodology. It's awesome. FPS invented method- a word. No, it's Doom methodology. It's Doom methodology. <laughs> exactly right. It's- like Doom is an FPS, but the methodology is you move fast and you shoot things and you dodge things.
0: <laughs> skate fast, you eat ass. Speaking run. of that, I want more Tony Hawk. I want more Tony Hawk games. That's my next thing. Oh, you should play Skatebird. I played a little bit of Skatebird when it was like a free demo like Youngstones and ago. Like it was a tech demo. Um, and I was considering playing Skatebird, but it doesn't have Scar in it and I want Scar to return. So I'm <laughs> going to buy games with Scar in it from now on. That's the That's
3: thing he's looking forward to is just more Scar.
0: Yeah, it's on like a big like whiteboard behind me, I'm just like shouting. Ah.
2: Going back to Tony Hawk, a true Tony Hawk game would be like from like a third-party developer, which is no one's ever heard of. They would not. They would technically have the um everything to do about Tony Hawk, like be able to make the character designs and all that make him look like Tony Hawk, but not the name. And then it'll be like, hey, this game's like Tony Hawk. Are you related to Tony Hawk sort of meme? That that would be a true Tony Hawk game.
3: Trent, that game is called Session. And I'm not I'm not sure if it's out yet.
0: It's also called Skate.
3: (laughs) It's also called Skate no Skate is different. Skate is like fondled or joystick in a specific way. I'm sorry, skate. So it's a no, no, day. it's just the tricks you need to pull off are really, really precise, and it's hard. It's like, you know how when you skateboard in real life, you fall off a flight of stairs 20 times before you get it right? It, but that, see, it simulates I, I that. I saw that
0: happen to a friend of mine, and his, like, knee came out of his leg, and I was like, maybe this isn't for me.
3: <laughs> so... Yeah, but skate has all the failure in it, whereas Tony Hawk is just the success. Like, you can do cool tricks with one button in Tony Hawk. In skate, you will fall over all the time.
0: Yeah, I respect that. But yeah, I want, more, I want more extreme sports games. I want to bring back Wave Race. Bring it back.
3: Oh, that would be sick. Yes.
0: <laughs> bring back SSX. Bring back all those, like, extreme punk games because I miss it. And With
3: all the, the janky 90s soundtracks, so oh, I want that.
0: Oh, dude, I want to hear It's Tricky behind <laughs> every single video game from now on. It is a travesty that that game has not been released, and it's entirely because of It's Tricky. <laughs>
3: like, WeWork has ruined that song for me. I can't listen to that song anymore.
0: Oh, no. But can you play it? SSX Tricky, though? <laughs> it is trick, trick 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 tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. No, I want those games. I want those games back. I also think I want less online games. I don't care. I play, like, three online games at this point. One of them is Counter-Strike because I hate myself. The other two are, like, Apex because I hate myself. And it's, like, sometimes... No, I don't even play any other games at this point.
3: <laughs> I can't believe that... I thought that we are moving to an era where online games have finally fixed their online connectivity issues. No. And no, we're not there yet. We're still not there yet. Shut it down. I mean, work on it. Get back to it.
0: Harvard, Harvard, we're in a situation where Nintendo is making us pay you know, $30 a month for something that does not work.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, but Nintendo's Nintendo. We all thought this would happen. Yeah,
2: but Nintendo's making you pay for NES games. Like, you're just getting free yeah, online. Games if you think literally... of it like that... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't wait
0: to play, like, 40 hours of, like, I don't know, panel Upon. Like, hell yeah, dude. I can't wait to play panel Upon for all of my time to justify spending 30 bucks on Nintendo. You on. say that as a
3: joke, but no, I would actually do that. Panel Upon is awesome. But also, all of the SNES games are awesome.
2: It's not Mean Bean Machine, so I don't respect it. I think in these Game Boy games at this point, it's, like, feels stagnant. Like, I'm not a lot of people are uh, into NES or SNES games, like, especially people which were born after games got good. Uh, so, you know, I, I just feel like it needs some Game Boy games and maybe some Game Boy Color games. We definitely need some remakes uh, more in that Zelda style. We need Oracle of Ages done. Like, more
3: people need to appreciate the Oracle of Ages series. Do you know and what I want to see this generation, which I think Matt will really get behind, is proper, archi- proper archiv- archivalism, whatever, Games that came out a long time ago should be more available. I, yeah, I would we'll like to see companies it. <laughs> campaign and fight for games that have been lost to be available on modern systems. Which was, it seemed like an ethos of the PS3 era, and it kind of got lost in the PS4 era. I would like yeah, to see right, it come the, back. The PS3
1: only, only, for, only because
4: back
1: it was only of interest to the companies as long as they could make money from it. That's the, yeah, that was the basic thing. reality of it, unfortunately. I would like to see the companies be willing to step back and just not go and sue people that go and put their games on you know Wayback Machine or Internet Archive or whatever sorry Internet Archive not Wayback Machine Um, because yeah the problem is a lot of companies still maintain their copyright over these things even though they have no intention of releasing them and as a result we end up with these games that are going to be potentially lost Um, I, I mean a good example would be farmville uh it's going to go away and whether you like farmville or not it should probably be preserved since it had a pretty pretty big impact on the industry it but was unfortunately
5: 2008.
1: it's not going to it's not going to be preserved because why would they they're not going to make money from it so that's the that's the unfortunate problem with um archiving. i would like to see the industry do a better job of it come to the realization that the movie industry did too late that these things actually have value and should be kept and preserved. But um, unfortunately, I think that's not going to happen. <laughs> as speaking much as 20, I'd like uh, it to.
3: Speaking of uh, Farzl like... 2021 too, is that Flash is now gone. And so yeah, all Flash the Flash gone. games that we grew up with are now gone. Yeah,
1: that's another good example of that. All the Flash games are gone. Um, Super Smash Flash. Oh. They, shouldn't, they shouldn't be. Not, not many of them were great, but they should be kept and preserved because... You don't just preserve the things that are good. You preserve everything that's in important um, or has had some kind of impact on the industry. I uh, think the
0: is thing Sonic beating up Mario. The,
1: <laughs> the thing I'd like to see. <laughs> if I um, the thing I'd like to see, I guess, is I'd like to see platforms. I guess I'm thinking of itch when I say this is the main one, but I'd like to see more platforms come become available in some way on console as well. I'd love to see a company like Nintendo do a partnership with Itch that developers working for Itch can now publish their stuff and it will be available on the Switch as well via an Itch platform, uh, app or whatever, on the console. Because, again, I'd like to see... I don't know, I'd like to see some of these walled gardens that are consoles start to open up a bit more. Because at the moment, it seems to be going the other way. Sony and Microsoft in particular are getting very hardcore protective about what's being allowed on their consoles and I would like to see some kind of alternative to that emerge whether that's a Nintendo partner and with it or whether that's just another console coming that will play that was each the games.
3: Uya. Yeah, Matt, you're yeah. describing the u
1: No, not the u I'm <laughs> talking about one that would actually be a, a good game, a console. Um, yeah,
3: the one that doesn't spit spiders into your face
0: when you open it, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, because one of the things that I've really loved, enjoyed this year, one or oh, last year, what. Well, it kind of kept me sane oh. through, lock, through lockdowns and whatever, was buying all those little emulation consoles from China. I've got like a pile of them now. And putting my my ROMs on them and being able to play them on the go. And I actually got, for example, on Itch, there's a bunch of new Game Boy games that have been developed released that developers have gone and limited themselves to what the Game Boy was capable of and have produced Game Boy ROMs as a result. You buy them off each, you download them, you put them on one of these emulation cons- consoles and you've got a new Game Boy game to play. I'd like to see more of that happen this generation and perhaps some kind of formal console, not just a Chinese uh, emulation thing, come out that recognizes that. I think Analog was a good example of what I'd like to see more of, actually. Um, so Analog is, is a uh, Swedish, I think, Swedish console manufacturer, and they've gone and created a new Game Boy, which will play Game Boy cartridges, and they've partnered with Game Boy Maker to encourage developers to create new Game Boy games and stuff, and that would have been a really neat console. Unfortunately, it sold out in like 10 minutes when they put it available, but...
3: Have you still not gotten yours, Matt?
1: I haven't even had a chance to pre-order one. Um,
2: oh. Wasn't there a really odd time as well? Like, it was an American... Well, for
1: yeah, Chris, obviously,
2: if it was a miracle... They, totally
1: <laughs> they put pre-orders, they put pre-orders live at about 1 a.m. in Australian time. And by one o seven, they they'd sold out of their pre-orders. So it was a, it was a nightmare. But I'd mm-hmm. like to see more of that kind of thing. More creativity with consoles, these micro consoles, these little kind of concept designs. And yeah, I'd like to see the hardware kind of reflect some of the creative stuff that's happening with the software side of things.
2: That what about that crank. console with the hinge thing, like the crank? That console, which is coming out. Oh, wasn't that a Rank. meme one? That was
0: a. No, that one. was.
1: No, that's a real console that's coming out. Oh
0: God, that was real.
1: Yeah, that was. Yeah. real. It looked <laughs> fun. It looked like it. It looked like a delight to play with. I would have liked that. Um, I didn't get a chance to get that one either. But
2: <laughs> I don't think you it's um, the... a. If it, it
0: ever yeah. came out. If it ever came out to me, I would 100% be so distracted by the crank that I would never play any games. I would just shout about how it's being cranked.
3: He would just be not... singing Crank That in the background forever.
0: I would just be singing Crank That, soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh, he made consoles this year too.
1: That? that that? would be That would be, <laughs> that, that kind of, that console, I can't remember what it's called, but it would be a delight to play with, I think it would be creative it's, difference, called, it's quirky. called the
2: play date it's a beautiful play date, yellow
1: play date that's it yes that kind of thing i'd like to see more of this year i think that would be my my number one wish just more creative little usd experimental things that's um yeah just because this this industry is too top-ended on the AAA stuff and it's just getting more and more generic and it's exhausting to deal with so having stuff like the play date will largely be what keeps me interested in this industry. I think.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I am actually also I'm going to steer it a little bit on a similar direction, but take a left turn at some point point. Um, and say so I want to see more PS One styled games. I want to see more low poly games because I think they are some of the. Oh, most... dude! You've got to hit it up them.
1: There's like millions of them.
0: No, I know, because I played like a whole bunch of them when that um, Black Lives Matter bundle happened. Because I played a whole bunch of PS1 styled horror games. And Yeah, they
1: did they, they did a whole um game They did an entire game jam around that. Yeah, the uh, horror the
0: horror game jam. It was amazing. There was a lot yeah. of really good stuff in there.
1: There was. It was awesome.
0: Um, so yeah, I want to see more of that because Lost in Vivo is still the one that scares me the most out of any other game. It's still the game that I cannot play because I get worried.
3: We're <laughs> about is... to hit that era, Alan, because uh the people who grew up with the PS1 games are now becoming game developers. So we're gonna leave Metroidvania territory, which is like the SNES era, and we're gonna enter PS1 era.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I can't wait for the PS2 era where everything just becomes Jack and Daxter. <laughs> it's gonna be great.
2: I I'm feel like watch. we just need to ignore that era. It was just a horrible era. Like we don't need to revisit it. We just need to make good games.
0: <laughs> are you not like good? Ge- Jack andaxter is a good game. No, I don't accept that. That was my first yeah. like console game, and I loved that. It was great.
2: No, anyway, and, and... <laughs> it's um... like playing ukulele, and like ukulele is like riding on nostalgia and other things from the past to sell it, and it's a horrible game because it's taking all the things which are people like, oh yeah, this is so cool. I remember when this was like back then it was so fun and then it's like well actually this is really 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 bad game design please don't do this like no we need to move past that
3: no. yeah there's there's two ethos was... to it there's like let's make what people who like these games would like and there's let's make the game that they tried to make 20 years ago but now we know how to make it
1: i'm still yeah. waiting for someone to do a homage to chameleon twist i don't even know if that game exists yeah,
3: Chameleon Twist is the
0: game that's like really chibi in like Japan but it's like horrifying in the US, right?
1: No. Well, yes. The, the, but...
0: Like there's a style difference. And one of the, like the chameleons in the Japanese version of Chameleon Twist 2 are like fine and they look really cute. And then the ones in the UK and the US are just like demons from hell. Because it's <laughs> it's like the Kirby the Kirby effect where every Japanese game box of Kirby is adorable and then every like western one shows him with like a gun. <laughs> I love the Kirby effect because the well,
3: artists chameleon... in the game box sometimes just draw angry eyebrows onto him and it's like, yeah. he did it.
4: <laughs>
5: chameleon, 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 he, 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 he.
1: chameleon Twist is this delightful little completely forgotten 3D platformer from um, Sunsoft. And yeah, you play as a chameleon. Is the little mascot character and he has a really long leaky tongue and he uses that to get through all the puzzles and stuff. Um And fight enemies and cool. It's really neat. It's very cute. Um, There were two of them that were released on the N64. And it disappoints me that nobody's inspired by them because they're great.
0: I mean, ukulele kind of, because you have a tongue in that game. Kind of. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, okay. I was wrong, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Bad Alan. Bringing up ukulele. Naughty.
0: You clearly in the Impossible Machines are really good.
1: That's Banjo Kazooie get. sucks.
0: I agree. I think it's boring. I, <laughs> get, I get very snoozy. At it. I think the music's fantastic. I think the art design is fantastic. I think the gameplay makes me want to die. Anyway, we're gonna go to some music right now from Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come back. So, again, it's January, which means that the year has ended, thank God. Haha, <laughs> aren't you glad 2020 is over? <laughs> relatable corporate humour. Um, so, we have, uh, obviously, a year's worth of games we need to talk about, and we're all going to go through and give our rough sort of top three about what we liked the most that came out last year. I'm going to try and start off by just doing one game, and I am going... To actually say that I really liked Visage. Um, for those of you who don't know what Visage is, it is a it's it's a Kickstarter game that I kickstarted back in 2016, I believe, just after PT got taken off the PlayStation Store. Um, and it is a game that is pretty much PT. Um, it is the same sort of strange, puzzly sort of thing. It's a great time. It's Pretty scary, in all honesty. Like, it, it has gotten me more than a few times, which is impressive. Because I don't really react unless, like, it's actually proper, like, intense.
3: Alan, what you get scared by Rats and Dusk, okay? You can't say that. No, I... No, the Rats and Dusk are
0: startling. This is more like, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable and want to, like, not be playing the game. The Rats and Dusk are evil. I don't like the Rats and Dusk. They're spooky. You should all play Dusk, though. Dusk is not going to be on this list because it's not that good but it's very good anyway um yeah i i think that you know it's it's very rare to have a game that is so oppressive in its atmosphere by just making a house spooky and they managed to do it really really well so i'm actually doing my first one to uh oh god what's it called
3: visage or visage
0: visage for some reason i was thinking of ice age Ice Age because <laughs> my friends and I for some reason decided that it was called Vice Age starring Ray Romano and that's now all that has, that's permeated my brain and I didn't want to say Ice Age but now you all know how my brain works so yeah, I'm going to pass the torch over to Matt Matt, you have time to think I mean, who, who wants to say we <laughs> didn't plan this very well
1: yeah, I mean I guess for me the, at least the three, three games that I felt were probably the most memorable, at least the ones that I can or, or kind of immediately spring to mind that I played this year that I thought were pretty pretty impactful and interesting. Um, firstly, Deadly Premonition 2. So mm-hmm. that game certainly left an impression. I know a lot of people didn't think much of it, but I thought it was, well, it's a lot of what I really like in video games, to be honest. It was it was challenging, not in terms of a gameplay sense, but you know in terms of its themes and stuff. Uh, and engaging and it was different and it was creative and it was subversive and it wasn't necessarily a good game in the traditional sense but it was certainly one that I really found interesting to play so that was one Uh, another one for similar reasons actually to be honest Uh, Pathologic 2 came out on the PlayStation 4 this year and I never played it on PC because I don't play many games on PC so for me it was a new game in 2020 and it was pretty funny. It came out during the pandemic, but um,
0: no, it was just before the pandemic. That's the worst part.
1: Like, was it? it when I did I do it. it? No, no, it came out just like as the January. pandemic was yeah. really hitting. Yeah, it came out in March in on oh, the PS4. March. Ugh. So the pandemic was just starting to scare people, and uh, yeah, it was an interesting game to come out at that point in time. But yeah, I thought that was a that's a masterpiece of a game in terms of video games as as art. It's uh, not yeah. very easy to play at all. In fact it's not really enjoyable to play on any level, but it's certainly you know, mentally challenging. It's um it's quite deep, it's very theatrical, it's very abstract, it's very interpretive. So all the things it's that the I most, like from from very
0: pre-esque game that I've ever seen in my life. That well it that
1: and one... it and Kentucky Route Zero are probably the two that I would say are the most theatre like games that I've played, and funnily enough they both came out on Console close to one another, so I was I was having a good time with the theatre is video game thing um, earlier in the year. So yeah, that that was definitely a game that it was very much me as video games as art kind of person. And then thirdly, uh, there's a game called Katana Kami which came out right at the start of the year, and it just keeps coming back to me because I think it was because at the same time there was an exhibition going on at the New South Wales Gallery around Japanese art and yokai, um, kind of the the night parade of a hundred demons um, stuff. And that was the last art gallery exhibition I went to. And then I played this game at the same time, which was inspired very much by that, um, the Hyakki um, night parade story. So yeah, it kind of stuck in my mind for that. And it's also a really good little roguelike, probably... The best way I can describe it is a Japanese take on Diablo, which is yeah. pretty neat. If you haven't heard of it before, check it out. It's a Sputcher Soft game. You can get it on Switch and PS4. And, yeah, Katana we go. Okay.
0: All right, Harvard, do you want to take on your three?
3: Uh, Look, my mind is a blur, but I'm going to say three games. It might not be my top three, just three games that I remember liking last year. Uh first one is this one's really getting to me, but it has to be Nexamon Extinction. <laughs> I've played so That's much the of
0: one that's again. like the bad Pokemon, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Okay,
3: it should have been the bad Pokemon,
1: but it's a good Pokemon.
3: The oh. best the way I can describe its appeal is Pokemon the Abridge series. Because oh, the story okay. is written in a way that breathes life into monster collecting. Like it actually makes a world that you care about, but also it's just really funny they point out all the inconsistencies within mainstream Pokemon games, but they do it in a way that's really affectionate, and they they have everything that you would want to play a Pokemon game for, and I just like that, you know? it's It gave me more of that than Pokemon Shield did, which, good on them, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Second one is going to be Dicey Dungeons. I don't know if this was 2020, actually, but it came out on Switch towards yeah, the end console. of yeah. last year. Yeah, and it's just really fun design. It's uh, a
0: Terry Kevin, isn't
3: it? It game, isn't it? It is a Terry on game. I don't want to say this, but I have a very addictive personality, so I like it when I roll dice and good things happen, and this game about rolling dice and having good (laughs) things happen, which is awesome. And last one, because Matt didn't talk about it, uh, Kentucky Route Zero has been a game that I've been waiting for since 2013. They were going to release a new episode every six months, and they finished in 2020. (laughs) But it is a wonderful game. It is a game which... If you think America right now is extremely cooked, it's a game which explores the inconsistencies and the paradoxes behind America as to how it got so cooked. But it's also just a very beautiful game about how life can be really difficult and really challenging and how all those existential questions are just at the back of all of our minds. But it reconciles that with this really warm and really sentimental story about you know trying to find what is the goal of all of our lives. it's just
1: it's a nice time it's also a really good riff on the um the American road trip story you know yeah um, it's a riff on so as many a, as a very stories. as a very American style of storytelling as a very American you know one of the great cultural contributions to the arts that America has given us is that road trip story. and Kentucky Ridge Deer is a really good riff on that so as a genre thing, I think it was... Uh, as a narrative genre, as opposed to a video game genre. As a narrative genre, I think it was quite interesting for that reason, too.
3: Yeah, and it's also... Uh, this is going to be a really crack comparison, so Matt, you might appreciate this. It's also Dante's Inferno. Because
1: <laughs> you're assembling yeah, layers is. and layers and layers. Well, that's that's the kind of... That's the underlying, I guess, um, theme of the American road trip story, is that it is all very Dante's Inferno. It's a kind of guided to a through... A whole range of uh, moral and you know, philosophical positions uh, uh, that occurs as you go on this journey through the heartland of the the American states. So, I think it's quite an interesting one. I think that Kentucky Route Zero is one of those games that should probably be studied at school. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's as as a, a way a of arts game, it's not a. It is. It's, it's an arts game. game. Yeah. So there will be a Battle exists, Pass though.
0: for Kentucky Route Zero? There's no Battle Pass.
1: There will, will not be a Battle Pass for Kentucky Route Zero.
3: Dang, I wanted to get the flossy mode. It was actually me. a pretty close thing <laughs> to a Battle Pass because they released a lot of uh, in-between games and side games to apologize the fact that every episode took three years to make. And so I did buy the complete edition in 2013, which meant that I kept getting drip-fed little side titles. Which I appreciated, but it was literally just a battle pass. <laughs> but Honestly, of flossing,
4: like you
5: got
2: game. <laughs> I, I wish the game came out as one big chunk or a lot closer together because I played the first one when it first came out. I was really into it. I'm like, this is fun, and then it's like, oh, the second one's like. I don't even know when the second one came out. I don't even know when the third one came out. I don't even know when the fourth one came out. I don't even know it's finished. That's where I'm up to with the game. Like, I just lost interest in the game because it was just like, well, here's the starting point. Now the ending point's, like, ages away. Like, a, almost a decade later, it's like, here's your game. Like
3: Yeah, if it was like Life is Strange, it would have had a really different reception. and let's
0: let's round this up trent what are your three that you would say what am i three?
2: okay well the first one has to be animal crossing um I, I don't care i bring it up every single podcast but like it's this year really was a shit year for games i know it's like 2021 now but 2020 was a shit year for games like we have to admit that like there was it started off okay there was a bad middle bit then there was like a sort of like just like all the near the end all the games we wanted which should have been good were just disasters for one reason or another yeah like well i mean there was only
1: there was only one i mean cyberpunk was a disaster but assassin's creed turned out better than i think most people thought it would that was actually genuinely good return to form for assassin's creed after the last couple so i thought valhalla was excellent
2: Excellent. It still has, uh, Assassin's Creed has the uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, issue, it has a long snow period at the start, and then by the end of that, you've lost interest. At least that was my um, experience with the game. <laughs> it, it really was a game where you had to sit down, you had to play through, and then you, once you're like, you know, at two, 20 hours in, you're probably enjoying it. So It's a Kingdom why...
0: Hearts 2 problem, where you're in Traverse Town for too long
2: yeah it's so, like it's so specific <laughs> it needed I'm more sorry. quick beats at the start and the introduction could have been a lot quicker and more fun as just like a quick time events rather than that weed walking through like that village like it should have been quick beats and then into the gameplay. It's, it, it, was, it was a horrible, horrible experience at the start. Uh, but anyway, so Animal Crossing... You, at,
1: the start, at the start of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you get to hang out with Harold.
2: Harold? Are you saying that that was all, put, all worth it because of Harold? Well, well I mean, if you,
1: cool.
2: <laughs> if, if you you know think these...
1: of Assassin's Creed as a history game, then the fact you get to hang out with the first king of Norway was pretty cool. I didn't know much about him, actually, until I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
0: every single Civ match I've ever had in my life because he yelled <laughs> I, at you if you don't get votes.
1: <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually know that much about Harold until I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but his name popped up and I started to research, found him interesting, and just like any other good Assassin's Creed game, I got really into the history side of things thanks to some name drop that that game just threw at me. So there you go. I thought it was pretty good intro, hanging out with Harold. He was a pretty cool dude. Made it worth it. Hanging with Harold it sounds
0: like a nineties era sitcom. <laughs> Harold. Anyway,
2: so we've got anyway, we've got um, we've Harold. got Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing. All right, so so my, so my no, next Harold game. No Harold Animal Crossing. <laughs> is there a Harold? I don't know. But so so my next game would be Don't Nots. Tell me why. I really enjoyed that a lot more than Twin Mirror. Twin Mirror just seemed really. I don't know, like, it had some interesting ideas and some interesting beats, but ultimately it just seemed like a... It didn't really have that don't-not vibe. I feel like Tell Me Why had that really strong, you know, we're going to make you cry, we're going to make you, like, feel shitty, like, but it's going to be all good sort of, like, game, like, that the other do not nods games have. Like, Life is Strange has that suddenly, it's like, you know, it builds up and then it's like, you know... The game ends on like a huge, depressing cliffhanger. Like, Tell Me Why is great for that, um, but it has really strong story beats, and I feel like a lot of people have probably missed out on Tell Me Why because it's an Xbox game and also on PC. But a lot of people don't play on PC. But yeah, I, I feel like everyone's like, oh, well, it's you know not on PlayStation, so I don't want to play it. But really, I think Tell Me Why is probably Don't Nods' strongest title. I feel like a lot of people should play it, and not just for the transgender stuff. Like, it really has a lot of strong beats in a lot of um, the stuff they do with, you know, the, their parents um, and other, you know, emotional beats around that. It really does some interesting stuff as well with um, the children that when they were children, like they had like this whole weird, you know, storytelling. With like trolls and stuff, like it has some fun, cool stuff with that. So yeah, everyone should play. Tell me why. <laughs> uh, I, I would, play it. Right I would play it if it
1: wasn't on Xbox. I would definitely <laughs> play it if it was on PC.
0: I keep hearing the name and I think of "ain't nothing but a heartache."
1: <laughs> See and with it's...
2: me, I I think of "tell me why." <laughs> a- Why's the Fleetwood Fleetwood Mac song? Stay. <laughs> no no the flip the logic song tell me lies you know no, feel like we're different generations but anyway so so, so so that will be my second game and then my third game is well i, I don't know I, I feel like i probably forgot a lot of the games i enjoyed throughout the year and i feel like you know i could say hyrule warriors but i don't want to say high reward is so i'll just play say the latest game i played which was the umgami generation that photography game that was really fun and you know taking some cool photography and plus playing it as to like the original and the dlc all as one sort of made it feel like more of a complete experience so i was you know there was some really cool stuff they did you know with like the level design which works well for photography and you it has some great music, and it has, like, a giant fish, which is, like, dolphin, which is, like, a DJ, and she's a bitch. It's so great.
1: The DLC <laughs> speaking, is definitely better than the main sp- game. <laughs> speaking speaking of, not that I played that one, um, but I, I totally would have mentioned Paradise Killer if I had have played it in the last year, but I've only just started it, like, two or three days ago, and um, it, it's excellent. Like, if you haven't played Paradise Killer, you've got to play Paradise Killer. All
0: right. Well, it's brilliant. Yeah. Plus, is there it. any music from that game? Sorry? Is there any music from that game?
1: Oh, it's There's so much music from that <laughs> game. You have to play music <laughs> from that game.
3: Okay. Well, so we're, good. Right. We're,
1: finishing, we're finishing with music from Paradise Killer. There's so much good music from that game. Yeah, You'd love the definitely. soundtrack, Alan. You'd like, love uh, it, uh, yeah. Seriously, It, it is it, what Cyberpunk should be. This is, not, this is not a game that just me, like That Alan, would not like. It's not, it's not one of those. This it's is a game not- you would like, Alan. You would really like Paradise Killer. All
3: right, I'll have
0: a look for it. I'll actually... I'll, this, is, this is the thing, is that when it's not shitposting, I'll actually listen to your recommendations because you don't have <laughs> bad opinions.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this one, not me shitposting. Everybody should play Paradise Killer. Um, again, I didn't get the chance to play it this year, uh, last year, otherwise I would have mentioned it. But yeah, it, it's the real deal.
2: Fantastic. See, my problem no, is I, like to it. Get into it. I, I, I got to, I need to get off the of Second Island.
0: <laughs> there we
2: go. All right, well we're
0: gonna wrap it up right there. It seems like a good spot to finish. It up. Does. Um we will be uh back next month as usual as well. Uh make sure to follow us all on social medias. Make sure you are checking it down digitallydownloaded.net uh, digitally downloaded dot net on a regular basis. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter. He's the one who posts all the site updates and also shitposts me directly. So you can come laugh at that. Um, as for the rest of this uh, month, have a good start to 2021. I hope it's better for you than 2020. And we will see you in the next